Chapter Twenty Three of The Story of Mankind. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Story of Mankind by Hendrik van Loon. Chapter Twenty Three The Rise of Rome. How Rome Happened. The Roman Empire was an accident. No one planned it. It happened. No famous general or statesman or cutthroat ever got up and said, Friends, Romans, citizens, we must found an empire. Follow me, and together we shall conquer all the land from the gates of Hercules to Mount Taurus. Rome produced famous generals and equally distinguished statesmen and cutthroats, and Roman armies fought all over the world. But the Roman Empire making was done without a preconceived plan. The average Roman was a very matter of fact citizen. He disliked theories about government. When someone began to recite, Eastward the course of Roman Empire, etc., etc., he hastily left the forum. He just continued to take more and more land because circumstances forced him to do so. He was not driven by ambition or by greed. Both by nature and inclination he was a farmer, and wanted to stay at home. But when he was attacked, he was obliged to defend himself, and when the enemy happened to cross the sea to ask for aid in a distant country, then the patient Roman marched many dreary miles to defeat this dangerous foe, and when this had been accomplished, he stayed behind to administer his newly conquered provinces, lest they fall into the hands of wandering barbarians. And become themselves a menace to Roman safety. It sounds rather complicated, and yet to the contemporaries it was so very simple, as you shall see in a moment. In the year 203 BC, Scipio had crossed the African Sea and had carried the war into Africa. Carthage had called Hannibal back. Badly supported by his mercenaries, Hannibal had been defeated near Zama. The Romans had asked for his surrender, and Hannibal had fled to get aid from the kings of Macedonia and Syria, as I told you in my last chapter. The rulers of these two countries, remnants of the empire of Alexander the Great, just then were contemplating an expedition against Egypt. They hoped to divide the rich Nile Valley between themselves. The king of Egypt had heard of this, and he had asked Rome to come to his support. The stage was set for a number of highly interesting plots and counterplots. But the Romans, with their lack of imagination, rang the curtain down before the play had been fairly started. Their legions completely defeated the heavy Greek phalanx, which was still used by the Macedonians as their battle formation. That happened in the year 197 BC, at the battle in the plains of Cynocephali, or Dog's Heads, in central Thessaly. The Romans then marched southward to Attica, and informed the Greeks that they had come to deliver the Hellenes from the Macedonian yoke. The Greeks, having learned nothing in their years of semi-slavery, used their new freedom in a most unfortunate way. All the little city-states once more began to quarrel with each other, as they had done in the good old days. The Romans, who had little understanding and less love for these silly bickerings, Of a race which they rather despised, showed great forbearance. But tiring of these endless dissensions, they lost patience, invaded Greece, 
burned down Corinth, to encourage the other Greeks, and sent a Roman governor to Athens to rule this turbulent province. In this way, Macedonia and Greece became buffer states, which protected Rome's eastern frontier. Meanwhile, right across the Hellespont lay the kingdom of Syria, and Antiochus III, who ruled that vast land, had shown great eagerness when his distinguished guest, General Hannibal, explained to him how easy it would be to invade Italy and sack the city of Rome. Lucius Scipio, a brother of Scipio the African fighter who had defeated Hannibal and his Carthaginians at Zama, was sent to Asia Minor. He destroyed the armies of the Syrian king near Magnesia in the year 190 BC. Shortly afterwards, Antiochus was lynched by his own people. Asia Minor became a Roman protectorate, and the small city republic of Rome was mistress of most of the lands which bordered upon the Mediterranean. End of chapter 23, read by Kara Schallenberg on October 11th, 2008, in San Diego, California.